The Tumbling Saber podcast is powered by our powerful friends. Become a powerful friend for just a couple dollars per month and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, random prize draws, contests, newsletters, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 117 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. My name's Corey. And I'm Carlos. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Welcome back. Nice to be with you. Carlos, thanks for sitting in this week. My pleasure. Literally my pleasure. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, you pinch Are hitting you? for James Week, who's, uh, <laughs> who is in editing hell. It's funny. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> guy <laughs> he knows why we're giggling oh yeah for sure <laughs> you're doing well though oh, yeah everything's great man uh had a little bit of a back issue yesterday but uh, i'm feeling uh feeling good now good and well thanks for some- stepping in on friday to do the uh lego build of the well that was the u-wing the u-wing yeah that looked good man it's- oh man it-, it was a fun build and uh it's it's actually it's in my bedroom on one on my big dresser, and uh, it looks good. Like uh, there's a, like a little mod that I want to do to it, uh, which I'll probably record and I'll post it on the feed uh, and not do it live just to show like the difference between how it looks now and how 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 much better it can actually look. Um, but yeah, even even just the way it is now, I think it's uh, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, no, it looks really really nice. Uh, like, well, like I told you on, I think over the weekend, I had come across a Y-Wing and mm. Ren's Interceptor Lego on crazy liquidation. And I wanted to pull the trigger. I, I held off. And then lo and behold, it was kind of a, a blessing that I did uh, because I, I got into my car. I turned, on, I turned on the ignition and the light comes on for change oil. So I was like, oh. eh, you know what? <laughs> that 60 bucks now will will go to a an actual priority rather to, than to my <laughs> my little side hobbies yeah but it's still sweet though if you ever get the chance to get that y-wing i would do it yeah kylo kylo ren silencer uh, i think it's a tie silencer and um man it's uh it's it's great but th- i think the price is going to go down more than what it was on the on the weekend so you're probably doing some good business by waiting on getting that. Yeah, I guess. Well, the risk now is that they just run out of stock because the one at my local Walmart is it's the only I've, I went to three Walmarts this weekend for various reasons. That was the only Walmart that had any tie interceptors. And it was the only one on liquidation. And it, it's it's the last model. So if I don't pick it up, you know, very soon within the next day or two, I'm, I'm afraid it might be gone and I may not see another. So mm, I don't know. It came out. It, it came out on Force Friday, so I I think it's got at least until September before they uh, they pull the shoot on it. Okay, fair enough. I mean, if I miss out, I miss out. That's you know that's life. Yeah. But it's I, I got to own some variation of that ship aside from the, the little Hot Wheels thing. Anyway, Corey, what's going on with you over there? Yeah, 
you know, a bit of an, another another trying week uh, being March break. It was, a, it was a bit of a, um, a realization in the resilience of young children. <laughs> so, yeah, my my little guy, he was at some kind of day camp. And anyway, big accident, just smashed his face in the ground and broken nose, uh, missing teeth. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, he was that night. I mean, he was still like re- rearing to go again. It's like we're trying to explain to him how he has to now be careful. And he was just like, no, I can do that. I can do this. And I was like, no, actually, you can't. <laughs> so anyway, and he's doing a lot better now. So it's just tough to see him that way. And so, I know, anyway, yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, it sucks when they bang themselves up like that. But like you said, kids kind of shrug it right off. I mean, it, it bothers them for the first little while, maybe the first day. And then beyond that, they're like, I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. Good on them. Anyway, he's 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 got a birthday coming up, so we're looking forward to spoiling Mr. Nolan coming next week. Yeah. You guys going to come over for that or what? Oh, yeah, we'll figure something out. <laughs> so uh, so interesting thing everybody out there. Corey's son and my son, though 2 years apart, are born on the same day, which is really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's the, awesome. Yeah, the force is strong in our family. <laughs> um guys, solo 72 days away, man. I'm uh, I'm I'm uh, itching for another breadcrumb over here, man. I can use another I don't know little tweet from Ron Howard. What's going on? Well, he another, did tweet something a little this trailer. weekend. Hmm. The only he tweeted this weekend he was uh, I, I forget which studio they were at, but he's with uh, whatever orchestra is recording uh, the score, and that's he, he was I guess sitting in on that as as they recorded the score. So that's kind of like uh... the last step, right? And that's that's that means things are almost totally done. Yeah, they're falling into place. It's not like uh, I thought you were gonna say he was uh, tweeting at the Deadpool. <laughs> Last minute reshoots. Oh, Deadpool! I'm actually looking forward to that too. But uh, that'll wait. That'll be something I'll, I'll catch on Netflix probably in the summer or fall. Guys, the powerful friends grew by one more this week. Let's say hello formally, officially, in public on the podcast to Brad Tracy. What's going on, hey. Brad? Welcome, welcome aboard. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much uh, for not not only jumping on uh, to, to Tumbling Saber, but to TSW, way to endorse the Commonwealth, Brad. We are very appreciative of your support. And guys, it's been a while, but we did get another review. And I, I swear, I didn't, nice. I didn't have to pay this person this time. <laughs> <laughs> so the review is awesome. Podcast five stars. I listen to a ton of Star Wars podcasts. Never thought of leaving a review, but with Tumbling Saber, I wanted to. Awesome ideas and themes with great insight. I work on a farm in the UK. Always looking to the future. Never my mind on where I am. That from Danny Boy, 99 days from the UK of Great Britain and Northern Ireland Ireland on iTunes. So thank you for that review, Danny Boy, 99 days. Thanks, man. (laughs) Very much appreciated. Uh, all right. I guess we have time for a little collecting update. We I, maybe we sort of uh, jumped the gun on that one. We know Carlos has got a giant U-wing now in his in his <laughs> stead. But uh, anything else you want to share, Carlos? Did you pick anything else up on that run? Uh, no. I think my next purchase is going to be uh, shelving. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm running out of room. Yeah, that's my. That's the reason why all my stuff is. Uh, in a box, I'm looking at all my stuff. The, the closet doors are flung wide open. Boxes of stuff. Actually, you know what? I, I 
I'm solo parenting my kids this weekend, which has been a lot of fun. It's been exhausting, but uh, I, I I let my kid in the basement for five minutes on his own, and he knew he knows where my toys are, and he got into the box, and he's now just tall enough that he can peek up inside the, the uppermost box and start reaching in, and he pulled out every damn thing he could get his hands on. So this room is looking like a yard sale right now. <laughs> it's Go kind on, of funny. Man. So yes, shelving, some kind of I need something. I'm I'm going crazy here. With, it's like you gotta almost display everything and get like an interior decorator to look at it and be like, figure this out for me and make it look awesome. Well that no half the fun of it is is trying to figure out where to place things and how to make it look good and presentable. Do you want like things just everywhere or do you want just choice pieces and class it up a bit? You know, I, I always I always vacillate between the two. And I never know which one I should go with. But that's the fun of it. Just experimenting and trying different things. I sound like a college kid, but uh, that's really what it is. It's trying different things out, seeing what works for the room and what works for uh, the people in your house. Because it's, it's, you know, it's really funny. Like, we want to share Star Wars with our kids, but we don't want them to touch our toys. So I'm just, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm trying to let that go. I, I know intellectually I'm never going to sell these things. So why do I care about the perceived value of them. You know what I mean? Like I get for like a, a piece, like a Lego, you don't want to lose any single piece of that. Cause it would just drive you nuts. Oh yeah. But for the rest of the stuff, like why not let the kid play with, with the toys? Like that's how we cemented our love for star Wars. So why, why just keep that away from the kids? Well, that's it. That's when you get them theirs. <laughs> and <laughs> it depends. Like my, my kid saw my hit. T16 Skyhopper and he's always asking me to play with it and I'm like okay but then I see how rough he can be with it too you know and I'm like come on man like <laughs> like seriously well yeah I mean if he's bashing it into the floor then it's like hey dude hit the brakes a little bit but otherwise if you want to take those figures out and go play with them go for it anyway look Lego's not stupid that's why they they started the micro fighters line so uh, for for you, Kyle, I'd, I'd go out and I'd get the micro fighter. There's a two in one A wing and Kylo Ren si- uh, silencer uh, micro fighters. I know, I saw that. So we've got a few yeah, of those micro fighter the- ships. We've got we have the Falcon and we have the uh, the U wing micro fighter, which is really cute. Yep. Yeah. So like my son, he's like, oh, now we have two U wings. I'm like, yes, you have the small one, and I have the big one. There you go. <laughs> um, Corey, did you pick anything up this week? Uh, yeah, kind of. I, uh, I received my, what did I, I got Hera, Kanan, and Zeb in the mail. Just missing out on the Space Kids now for those Funko Pops that I had ordered a couple weeks ago. Um, I hit the stores pretty hard this weekend, too. Just looking around for, like, last-minute Star Wars blowout deals before Solo, you know? Like, it's still pretty bleak out there. There hasn't really been uh, anything new that I've seen. But uh, the temptation was strong, like, for Inven- uh, Avengers Infinity War. It's the first line that i saw dropped in stores and man i really had to use some willpower there to to resist actually i only snatched up uh thanos but it's thanos from like the infinity gauntlet comic version you know it's not the uh, the movie version but it was just way too cool to pass up but they had steve rogers uh iron man i still want that black panther oh i was it was really hard not to grab more than one but i said like keep it real man <laughs> and, and i focus, also man, I focus 
Yeah, well, I also dropped a lot of coin. My like, as we mentioned, our son's birthdays are coming up, so it was it was great actually. We're um we're looking for a bike, right? We're gonna get his first two wheel bike. So we know he needs and from what we'd measured at other stores, like it's an eighteen inch wheelbase. So we're at the Canadian Tire and. I see one that's hanging up way up there, you know, like it's not on the floor and it's the only 18 inch that I really see around. So I asked the guy, I'm like, can you grab that one? And I'm looking at it and lo and behold, it's a Darth Vader one. Nice. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, this is it. Very cool. Um, well, I, you know, I was at Walmart, like I mentioned before, they're blowing out everything now. They are getting ready for solo in a big way. All their three and three quarters are now down to five bucks. The opposable ones or? Yeah. Both, eh? Well, just, yeah, the the, the Black Series, three and three quarter, mm-hmm. and just I the regular the run, five bucks. So. I, saw the... I, I I picked up a few. I picked up DJ from The Last Jedi line. I picked up Kenobi from The Last Jedi line. And I picked up Akbar three and three quarter Black Series. It is such a nice figure. So yeah, I James actually that. hooked me up with that. It's really nice. It's one of the. It might be the nicest Akbar figure I've seen. Well, they got the suit right on that one anyway, compared to the six inch and the duo pack at Toys R Us. Yeah, yeah. No, I I prefer this one. I prefer the uh, Return of the Jedi Akbar. All right, so that's it with the collecting update. I'm done. I gotta keep start saving my pennies for that. Uh, Solo stuff that's coming out soon, especially that Lego Falcon. Carlos, I know you, you're going to have your eye on that as well. I'm getting a day one. All right, let's jump into the news. I'm really excited, guys. Especially because um, I, I called it, sort of, in episode 116 just a week ago. But my boy, John Favreau, is in. He is definitely, officially in. Set to executive produce and write a series for the direct-to-consumer service from Disney. I'm super stoked about that. I'm just going to read the quote. I couldn't be more excited about John coming on to on board to produce and write for the new direct-to-consumer platform, says Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy. John brings the perfect mix of producing and writing talent, combined with the fluency in the Star Wars universe. This series will allow John the chance to work with a diverse group of writers and directors and give Lucasfilm the opportunity to build a robust talent base. So, guys, on a scale of 9 to 10, how excited are you about this? I mean, come on. It's Mike from <laughs> Swimmers, baby. It's, it's, it's gutter. This is, this, is, this is really good news. I, I am thrilled beyond belief. I, I, I have to say this about him. I have followed his career with uh, great interest just because, again, of Swingers and the way he came in onto the scene. So much respect for that. You know, he's totally self-made, which, I mean, I, I couldn't respect that more. Like, he's in the upper echelon of Hollywood now, you know? Like, he's propelled himself right to the top. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is the guy who built the, that first building block of the MCU, the proper MCU with Iron Man. Like, he made comic book movies cool, like really cool. I, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean... Batman Begins was was out before that, but the idea of a of a shared universe started with him. And I, I, I everything he did, for me everything he does is kind of gold. So I'm I'm just so happy that that uh, they actually made this happen, made it official. 
Carlos, what are your thoughts? Well, when I first heard it, I'm like, uh, Kyle is a witch. <laughs> witch, was, witch, like, witch. <laughs> bang on, like uh, you nailed it. And and I, I kind of I have to agree with you guys. Uh, this is making for boring podcasting, but uh, who who would who else would you you know? I mean, he's like near the top of anyone's list. I I would think. Uh, you talk about Iron Man, and uh, when did that come out? Like. 2005 when was it uh, the first one 2008 so um yeah that's like made the rest of the movies uh the decision to do this whole mcu thing like i think it made it more palpable when you see the actual product i don't know how well it did in 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 cinemas or uh what people thought like uh you know aggregate scores on uh these fan sites or whatever. But when I saw that movie, I was like, this thing could actually work. No, it's really good. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're at the point in history now where, uh, you know, you could, uh, you can Tarkin somebody, you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, (laughs) it's, it's gotten to like that awesome point where, you know, it was always lacking for us growing up when it came to, you know, we had to use our imagination more than our eyes but now our eyes are able to fool us. So it's uh, it's quite cool. And I think that he has a, you know, he has a little bit of part of that that success. And I'm happy that he, you know, got the go ahead. And now we're, you know, for sure. Uh, we could pretty much say that when Disney launches that streaming service, this thing will be the, um, the premier, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? uh commodity for that um for that streaming service and uh you know they couldn't have done a they couldn't have had a better choice in my opinion i mean it, yeah they 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 really landed a, a big a big big name that makes perfect sense for this industry like again pre vizsla like he's also in solo as well as one of the cgi characters and like one of the i wouldn't say main characters but one of the main supporting characters and like he he loves the franchise. Like he said, like if you would have told him this at eleven years old, that you know he would have said you're absolutely like crazy. But I I want to ask you guys one thing. I mean, could the marketing team have possibly chosen another day by any chance? Like <laughs> we we know that there's been, you know, some some animosity around the subject of you know diversity within writing and directing and all that stuff producing so i think they could have done their homework a little more and put their 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 uh get on the pulse of fandom a little more and kind of waited a bit to, like i just I, no, think that i know the what, timing you, I know of what you mean kind of a bit odd it's it, it the timing of it all was it was a little bit tactless i think Okay, but guys, let, let's let's put the cards on the table. If they do it the day after, then everybody says, "Oh, yeah, yesterday was International Women's Day, and now next day they're they're giving another series to a man." You um, know what I mean? There, yeah. There's it's just the fact that Kathleen Kennedy makes the announcement is is the big like, "Hello, I'm making this decision." You know what I mean? Sure. And even she's that, the he's... head of Lucasfilm. He's producing and writing that doesn't necessarily like he might direct an episode or two, but you know, there's still 
plenty of room for for diversity within the series. And like I said, just the fact that she's the one who called the shot and she's the one who made the announcement. It's like, can you be in a better position of power than that? Come on, look, I'm I'm as the as as I get older, and the older I get, the more liberal I become, and I understand these ideas. Um, you know how uh, you know there's systemic issues. Uh, in our society, I'm all about that. But this is a non-issue. I'm sorry. It's well, when it comes to this guy, like I mean, no, but it doesn't. I mean, what if it's Kevin Smith? You'd still want him to do it. You know what I mean? It's true. It's not because just the fact that she's the one calling the shots. Like people have to realize she's in the position. She could fire him if she wants. But it's it's almost like it's almost like you're inciting a backlash by doing it on that day in a way. You know. But you know what? I, it, for, for me, it's why not? Why not just do it on that day? Rip off the Band-Aid. Like, people are going to complain no matter what. They could have done it the day before, the, the day after. It would have been the same thing. It's it's just the fact that people are oblivious to the fact that Kathleen Kennedy is the head of the freaking uh, company. Just like, does that just pass over your head? Like, do they need, does the executive producer need to be a woman too? Like I'm all for equality, believe me. Like I'm, I'm very, very liberal when it comes to stuff like that. But I mean, this is a nothing burger. I'm sorry. This is it's just it's. <laughs> nothing no, I, I, I agree with you, man. Yeah, it's. I mean, we got to pick our battles. You can't, you can't go out and try to change the hearts and minds of conservatives or uh, of people who think that uh, all the lefties are are nutbags, and then you act like a nutbag all the time. You got to call. You got to call things the way they are at a certain point there's too much too much you know what i mean like this 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 is nothing man this is just nothing <laughs> i'll say this kathleen kennedy did herself no favors when she i think it was during the press junket for rogue one when she when she was questioned on the issue when are you going to put some some women or people of color in the directorial chair or in some in some bigger roles within the movie making process oh yeah we're looking at people we're blah 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 and it's going to happen it it almost had a tone of imminent to it, which that's a subjective reading on it. Uh, but then since then, you know, uh, uh, they had there was an opportunity when um, Colin Trevorrow was removed to put in a woman, and then they, they you know they put in Johnson with a new trilogy and Benioff and Weiss, uh, and now Favreau. So it's it she did herself no favor, and I'm I'm kind of with you guys where it's like, you know, pick you, I don't say pick your battles, but. In a it's way, like, like when you can land it, when you can land this kind of talent, and the schedules can actually line up, because that's a big thing of it too in Hollywood contract schedules. Like, can we meet up for this certain year and do this movie? Like, it's not necessarily. It's pretty hard to plan around things like that when you have stuff planned. So to be able to land someone like John Favreau is well, there, there's that. that like down. you just yeah you you get a chance to work with John Favreau, you take that chance, you you lock that up and you run with it. Anyways, and look. She 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 fired Lord and Miller, and then she hi- she hired a minority. Like I mean, Ron Howard's a ginger. I mean, <laughs> there's there's not too many out there. So you know, you know, actually, I, I read once that, oh boy, within this century, redheads will be almost extinct. Mm-hmm. Which is wow, that's that's crazy, man. And I isn't think it, uh, it the blue, in the next century. Or no, blue-eyed, uh, red, red hair. I don't know. I know let's not get into that. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, just just a circle. Well, there back. are studies. Yeah, there are. 
there are. But just to circle back on this whole this whole issue, it's a hot button thing. Like I said, Kathleen kind of did herself no favors. But um, you know, I, you, you hate to tell people to be patient because they've. I think people have been patient. But at some point, it's going to work out. But you know, there's, there's another factor to this, which maybe factors in, and maybe that's a fair thing. Maybe it's it's a stupid thing. But look at the backlash that the Star Wars fandom burps out whenever there's even a, a smidge of a discussion of Star Wars doing something progressive. You know, the the Last Jedi was, is is filled with women characters, and you have a bunch of idiots who just start going off on uh, Disney and Star Wars and Lucasfilm pushing a feminist agenda. Just all this nonsense. So you know what? Like, yeah, it, that's, that, that's, that's the right trying to push back a little bit uh, because the left goes so far out there. Like, you know what I mean? So th- there's, there's no, if you look at st- everything in Star Wars is, it's all about uh political, uh ideology behind it okay the the empire is you know the big bad and uh you know rebel alliance you know is like a progress and all that stuff it's like george wrote it into into the whole story so you can't be upset about it now like just for what but this is why okay let me just you can't give these people any rope because if you do <laughs> they'll hogtie you so you know it's it's a, don't give them any leash congrats thank you kathy for making that announcement on that day you what you did uh, should be applauded by women who would love to be in your position as the head of a corporation thank you <laughs> that's that's c candido music at gmail.com yeah. CNC Music Factory. <laughs> but does she not get any credit for what she does? Like, I don't understand. Like, is she she's invisible now because she's the head of a corporation, not a woman anymore. I don't understand. I I don't know. Some for you know for somebody who's who's led three films that have t- together grossed well over four billion dollars in three years. I think she probably deserves some some rope, some slack. She's doing her job, and that's her job. To deliver profitable product. And I'm not saying that, you know, uh, hiring somebody, taking a chance on a person of color or a woman can't deliver a $2 billion movie. But, you know, if if, if that's your job, and which is Kathleen's job, she's going to take a more conservative, safe approach. At least until she feels really confident in somebody else, like, in a big, big way. Yeah, we can't get premature here. Like, well, <laughs> let's not let's not use the word premature. Well, we, we it's true, like you said. We I want like you. It's almost like uh, spreading your wings and flying at a point. Like I'm I'm totally on the same page. Like people complained how close the Force Awakens was to a New Hope, but they were just getting their feet grounded in this universe again. You know, it's it's a slow thing. Like it's a slow process. Like anyway, we also forget that you know the. There's a lot of stuff that's going to come out from what Benioff and Weiss is doing, from what Favreau's doing. There are going to be plenty of seats opening up, plenty of jobs opening up. I have no doubt that those seats will be filled 
by all kinds of people of different stripes and genders and whatnot. So it's, I, I keep trying to be optimistic about it. <laughs> the same guys, it's, we're all going to be happy soon enough, except for the people who are going to push back the second somebody who is not a pasty face white guy is, is hired. Somebody's going to push back against that and, and scream bloody murder. Anyway, let's focus on John Favreau here. Yeah, I've said enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, what, what sort of show would you like to see him tackle? I had a bit of a hard time with this because I started thinking about all the other projects at hand. And I don't know. I don't necessarily see him tackling a force-laden adventure. Um, I guess when you think of Star Wars, I kind of always come like comes back to like groups, like kind of like the ghost crew and stuff. But then I said, okay, that's going to kind of be repetitive. But I'm thinking kind of like maybe a group of commandos, something like that. It's going to be hard to find something that doesn't sound cool. So, yeah, that sounds great, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos, do you have any, any wish list things that you want from Favreau? Um, no, no, no wish list stuff. Just do it and put it out. I, I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. Like, I, uh, seriously, at this point, uh, the only thing that I would, like, you know, gawk at would be, uh, you know, a uh, origin story for Jar Jar Binks. Even and, even uh, that, you know, if John Favreau's yeah. taking care of it all, <laughs> I give this guy yeah, a lot maybe. of rope. I, I almost give this guy almost blind faith that he'll do something cool. But you know, I, I think I think he'd be the perfect guy to take on the mantle of a solo standalone series. Like if there's gonna, ever going to be sequel stories to the movie we're about to get. I figure he's the perfect guy. I, I think he's got the writing chops for it for sure based on, uh, you know, uh, Swingers. And I don't know what his role was on Maid, but I'm sure he can handle that. And he's he spent some time on set. Obviously, we know he's playing a role in the solo flick. So he was on set for X amount of time. So he's, he's probably really well versed in that segment of the galaxy in that timeline with those characters. I, I think that's it strikes me as a perfect fit for that type of story. Plus, I called that story, that series too, as something that Disney would want to put out. So I'm going to put those bundle those two things together. I'm going to double down like they do in Swingers and say Favreau is going to do a solo bit on the direct-to-consumer service. Ooh. It's a big payout if you're right. So, that's money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that said, I'd also like to see him explore something entirely new. But uh, I'm not going to be greedy. I could see a, I could see him doing maybe a bounty hunter thing too. Sure, absolutely, anything. I think he's he's versatile enough that he can handle anything, and and kill it, do a great job with it. All right, so like I mentioned before, uh, we've got uh, got Ryan Johnson working on something. We've got Benny and Benioff and Weiss working on their series of films. Uh, Dave Filoni's got something cooking for sure, and now Favreau has got his thing. It's it's getting a bit ridiculous as ter in terms of the sheer volume of of content meant for the screen that will be coming at us within the next eighteen months or so. So let me just ask you guys: like, can you rank? Like, whose project are you most looking forward to? Can we rank these? I think it's hard, but I think it's possible. Did you mention Filoni as well? I did. Hmm. 
Okay, well, I'll, I'll, go. I'll jump in. I'll jump yeah, in. For, if, if, uh, for me, it's a Ryan's trilogy. You're going from Just most because... excited to least. Most excited, I would say Ryan's trilogy. Just because I know there's people out there who are probably cringing right now, and it makes me happy. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> this is not Sith Disturbers, Carlos. No, it's okay. <laughs> I don't think we've had to beep anything out yet. Nope, not yet. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> sorry. And then I would go with Favreau. And then I would go with uh, D&D. And what do we have after that? Filoni. Yeah, and then Filoni. Not, not because I don't like Filoni, but just because... Oh, yeah. It's, 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 somebody's got to fill that slot. I mean, yeah, we can also throw Abrams in there as well, but we, we know what he's up to and we we know pretty much like the extent of that right it's he's going to give us another two-hour movie and we know that we we know the players in that flick so i'm kind of excluding him from that list like these are all unknown projects that we're ranking here so Corey, what what do you uh what, what's your power ranking uh i'm kind of pretty similar to uh carlos here i'm gonna ryan johnson at number one just because it's the future of star wars it's not only uh, the next movie, it's the next trilogy. You know, we've got a confirmed trilogy here with him. And then number two, John Favreau, just because it's John Favreau and for who he is, what he represents, and again, what he can do with Star Wars. I'm really excited for that. Uh, three, I'm going to go with Filoni because he's just a bloody genius with what he did with Rebels. I'm totally enamored with his work. So whatever he comes out with, I'm sure I'm just going to gobble it up. And then like uh, D&D at number four, just because I'm kind of confused where they're going with that one. Once this could all change, once we get a little more information, but the fact that it's a series of films, like I'm kind of confused a bit about that. But I'm still very eager to hear about that, just in the sense that, you know, the Game of Thrones, if this if they take Star Wars in a, a knighthood kind of deal, I'm not saying KOTOR or anything like that, but they could take it in that vein. I'd be very, very interested more the the fantasy than the sci-fi yeah well my, my list mirrors yours it's kind of the same deal johnson because i like what he did obviously with the last jedi and it's he's driving the big boy bus it's it's the trilogy i think his trilogy is probably going to be the biggest deal and i trust him an awful lot and then uh, that that's followed by favreau's work just because carte blanche for that guy for me and then filoni again he's for me, he's doing he's doing terrific work, and then Benioff and Weiss, just because I I don't know them at all. I I know people love Game of Thrones, and some people consider it some of the best TV ever put on screen, but I I don't watch Game of Thrones, and I do not know their work, so I cannot comment or really properly rank them. And then, again, once we start start seeing things, they could shoot up the list to number one. Who knows? But for the moment, uh, that is how my list breaks down. Yeah, for me, it's they they went ahead of Filoni just because it's uh, silver screen, like it's big, it's it's on the big screen. Yeah. So yeah, but no, I, I mean, I think we're uh, our one and two is pretty much the same. Pretty much. Oh man, I can't. What what a time to be alive, guys! And who seriously? Who I'm, knows just, I'm just wondering if there's more coming. Well, I'm sure the the next step is. Like for Favreau's series, for example, like we're going to start getting um, director names and stuff like that and cast, casting all these these things. It's going to be amazing. No, it's going to be it's going to be insane. But like 
are we gonna are we done getting new venues like new avenues of storytelling like after they announced Benioff and Weiss, that was like, okay, now that's it. Now we have two sets of dueling uh, movies going on, and we've got Filoni doing something. Maybe that's live action. Maybe he's doing two things. Who knows? Like, we thought that maybe that was it. <laughs> but now we have four big things going on. I mean, it's going mm-hmm. to be really tough to keep up with this all. Like, not even as as podcasters who have to kind of break down all this news, but just... Just to watch it all is going to be tough. Yeah, the, well, the scheduling behind everything is going to hopefully it's not all mashed on top of one another. Maybe with the series for um, the Game of Thrones guys was as a series. How about a possible Kenobi series? Yeah, or maybe even Favreau could Favreau could tackle that too. He could. I mean, I would trust him to do it. It's just I in my mind, like anything works. But when you really think about it, like, how can you do a Kenobi series? You know, it's. I think it's hard enough just to conjure up a movie for Kenobi. Never mind a series. Like, my goodness, that's going to be a hell of a thing to stretch whatever he's doing into, like, ten episodes. That's going to be tough. But like a Magnificent Seven kind of thing. Like, you can get together with a team and save someone's homestead. Is that a big enough story? If he can't use the force, like, I don't know, kind of throw some other elements in there, too, where someone's hot on his trail. Well, I mean, this is the whole thing, right? It's it's like how much of Ben of Obi-Wan will you get in a Kenobi series? Is, is Are you only getting one third of the character because he can't use the force and he has to stay on Tatooine? Like, I'm again, that's that's got to be the thing that they're wrestling with. Well, he could use the force, I guess, in certain when the timing's right, but there's certain times, I guess, when he can't. And that kind of makes it interesting. It, yeah, exactly. And I mean, they've touched on this a little bit in uh, in comics. The journals of Ben Kenobi. Anyway, I am I am so stoked for the future of Star Wars. That's and don't and, and and even further to that, each of these things, each of these four different uh, you know, avenues of, of stories that are coming, each of those splinter off into their own sets of merchandisings and comics and spin-offs and novels oh dear <laughs> we are doomed <laughs> head explosion head explosion for sure man yeah, i really gotta wrap my alive. head around this the collecting thing is oof, something's gotta give you keep saying what a, what a what a time to be alive and i i just have an image of me like being mauled by a lynx that like <laughs> escapes from the biodome you know <laughs> Newspaper headline, Fatso killed by Lynx. <laughs> On the eve of Star Wars premiere. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, that would be brutal. I'm going to have to live in a bubble. Yeah, that would be the worst time to go. All right, so guys, let's talk about Snoke some more, shall we? I don't know if you guys are fed up of talking about this wrinkly old nut. I kind of am, but uh, they keep bringing him up, so we're going to have to keep talking about him. So apparently... Snoke's backstory is being held back in case of future content. So recently, um, Andy Serkis spoke to EW, and he had this to say. He said, We wanted him to have a great deal of mystery. But we did. J.J. Abrams and I discussed it, and Ryan Johnson and I did discuss backstories to him, where he came from. I've been asked not to shed anything. Should we want to bring him back in any way, whether in a prequel or whatever? I think there's something cool about that. 
it still does remain a mystery for people. I know that some people find it incredibly frustrating, but I think it allows for further exploration and layering at a further point. So guys, um, do we want to see movies centered around Snoke? Is his backstory worthy enough to take up screen, like big screen time? Like it depends what they have hidden. I mean, if they have some kind of truth that we can be let in on, or some kind of bigger knowledge that is the Force, more relevant knowledge, maybe. Like I was disappointed that we didn't get to see or know more about him in the Last Jedi. Like I'm honest, I'll be honest with you. Like I, I thought there was a lot there. They did create that mystery in the Force Awakens, but it looks like the novelization is going to give us quite a few answers. Uh. Well, but it just, did like, did the Force Awakens really do that? Well, yeah. Like I was like, who is this guy? I hope we learn so much more in the next movie. Like he seems so powerful. And well, I know, but that's not. They didn't. I don't know. Did they really tease us with anything other than showing us this guy? Like it's really fandom saying, "Who is that guy?" It's not Lucasfilm no, yeah. teasing us to say, "Who is he?" Well, it's obvious who he is. He's at the top of the food chain. He's the main baddie. Well, yes, exactly. But the, and that's for, for in terms of the movie, that's all we needed to know. But fans, you know, always... fans being Star Wars fans and having really active imaginations, which is great, ran wild with speculation. Everything from he's Plagueis to he's Jar Jar, right? Well, and even every... JJ, JJ and Circus just kind of stated that the the mystery around like surrounding him was and his backstory was very important to the character itself. So, yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm totally on board with that. When you have someone at that tier of the force and being such a big player, like, yeah, you can't just come out of nowhere. And what do you feel, Carlos? Um, I kind of watched. I watched a YouTube video. Um, I would say probably in the last week, um, somebody was talking about how uh, the Force Awakens, um kind of stalled a little and they had to push back the original the original date it was supposed to be released in may and they pushed it back to december and they talked about how um ryan was involved ryan johnson was a little bit involved uh with jj and jj was involved with the last jedi so it's not like uh everybody was uh, you know like people were saying oh uh, ryan uh erased everything jj did uh jj was involved in that whole uh in that whole story. Now it comes to, when it comes to Snoke, I am not sure his, I'm not sure that his whole story has been told yet. So they're probably, they're playing at Koi right now and there might be something coming later. Um, as far as backstory and all that stuff, but I, I'm not convinced that it's done. I think there, there's, I'm, I'm sure there's another couple of chess pieces in play that Snoke put, uh, put, uh, put out there that we're going to see come episode nine. And, you know, then a lot of our questions might be answered. So I'm not, I'm not willing to say, Oh no, I'm, I'm done with Snoke. Um, you know, do I, am I, am I dying to have more Snoke? Mm. Well, a part of me wants to be right about my prediction, but uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to bet the farm on it. Uh, but I, I obviously, if they're going to complete the story somehow, then yeah, I mean, if you're going to complete the story, yeah, I'm, I'm all on board. I want to know as much as possible. Let's just, I don't, I don't know, like the way I think of it is like, we need to know more about his end game. Like 
from what I understand, the last Jedi is that he just wanted to snuff out Ray, like because he was kind of intimidated by her, like like get this Jedi, like this possible last Jedi, out of my way. And then after that, even Kylo, he probably wanted to get rid of. Like then after that, did he just want to like sit around like Goldfinger and just be all super opulent and relax and chill, or did he have some kind of greater purpose in I don't know, like like destroying the galaxy or whatever? Like I I would want to know something like that, but it kind of the fact that he, we know his ultimate dem- end now, like his demise, like it kind of takes away from how bad I really want to see him moving on. Like this, this story's kind of been told in a way, you know? Well, th- yeah, that's, I, I, that's where I was going to go. Like we know how he dies. At least we we're pretty sure he's dead. All signs point to dead. So now if we, we kind of backfill all this story and build him up to be this super cool guy. Then him dying the way he does in in the Last Jedi makes him really look like a like a tool. Yeah, like 100%. I don't I, I don't mind the way he dies in the Last Jedi because I think he the way he dies serves Kylo and it's it's this is this is Kylo's big moment. But if, if I, I liked it to be honest, just the way like he's in his mind and he sees like telling him you know strike down your true enemy, but he you know Kylo's playing him and I like that. Yeah, I like that Kylo finally got got one over on this guy, and it's always it's always that's the way it is with with these bad guys, right? It's always their their arrogance and their inability to see their own overconfidence that gets them, and I, I dig that. But then if we're gonna get these movies with Snoke on screen and we just see how smart and how clever he is and how powerful he is, with or without a lightsaber, and then how possibly ancient, you know, we're gonna watch these movies and go, yeah, but that's the way he died. Uh, like it's it seems I don't know obviously you can never judge these things until you see it but I'm I'm for me I'm happy to leave Snoke be like I I don't find him super compelling to be honest and you know I'm glad there's a backstory I'm sure every character ever make them ever makes it to screen has a backstory written for them so that the actor knows the motivations and and the inner workings of the character I'm not desperate to know it you know I'll be happy to read a novel or even series of novels, if one comes out down the line, you know, with with a lot of Snoke in it, definitely happy to check that out. But otherwise, I'm not that enthralled with the character. I think I'm happy with what we got, and uh, I don't I don't need a whole lot more. Yeah, I'm with you in the sense that if if there if there is nothing uh, with him going forward, then I don't need any more Snoke. And, and don't forget, I, don't need- I mean, we, we last week we we talked about a lot of things from the Last Jedi novelization that feature that centered on Snoke and his backstory and all these other uh, bits about him. That might be all we get of Snoke, and that maybe that's going to be enough. So people who yeah. are still you know looking for for Snoke stuff again, like we talked about last week, go pick up the novel or go go grab the audiobook or something because that's that might scratch the itch for you. Like seriously, go go look look into that, and um, you know, that that might be all you need. If there were anything at all that like kind of intrigued me in any regard, it would be uh, secrets centered around the unknown regions and what he had possibly, what kind of powers he had possibly found in there, and what kind of truths and knowledge. I I want to know what sort of relationship he and Luke have. Were they allies at one point? Were they always adversarial? Like they, they, there was mention last week about how they kind of had a respect for one another, or at least Snoke respecting Luke. 
I, I would like to know a little bit more about that dynamic. But otherwise, you know, how did he get into that state? How old is he? Those are all details that you can you can drop almost anywhere. And I you, you don't have to, you know, give me a two hour movie movie just just for that. Yeah. All right. I think we're all kind of in agreement. God, we're, we're agreeing way too much. <laughs> Maybe we'll disagree on this next bit here. It's a, a rumored way to write Leia out. I don't know where this, this rumor started. I picked it up. I'm reading it off of a website called We Got This Covered. There's a rumor that Leia's death and you know, uh, moving on from the story will involve solar radiation and hypoxia which is an oxygen deficiency in the muscles. And those are things that uh, would happen to a person if they took an unscheduled spacewalk, as they call it here in the article. So is that, uh, guys, is that a fair way to write Leia out? To give her these... It's stupid. <laughs> stupid. Uh, I don't like it. What, like, Look, if, if, she was, if she was suffering from hypoxia, okay, like, why would she... She, she was fine. She's on crate and she's making jokes about yeah I changed my hair, like no that's not somebody who's suffering from like uh, from from a from a like that it's just all they're trying to do is make the spacewalk they're trying to legitimize it by by legitimize that decision uh, of the spacewalk you, you understand what I'm trying to say like yeah if, if I, I don't like it I do not like that at all I just think it's lazy. Like, why double down on, you know, that spacewalk thing where like half the people already hate it. Now you're going to try to legitimize it and they're going to hate it even more. Like, give her something more glamorous. Give her, give her her maybe a Haldo moment or, uh, you know, uh, maybe she's assassinated by, by somebody who's, um, you know, uh, a double agent for the First Order, uh, you know infiltrating the rebellion and uh you know maybe that's how the story the next story starts is that they were training a bunch of uh, new rebels and then one of them turned on her and and that's how you know that's how she goes i would prefer that over oh yeah you know when she went out for that like really weird like mary poppins moment like yeah <laughs> yeah that that's what killed her no the <laughs> the tie fighter shooting at the the cock the cockpit or the uh, the bridge area of the radis didn't kill her but you know being out in space ugh, stupid ugh ugh See, the only way i i can get my head around any sort of legitimate legitimacy for this rumor is that you know, it it puts her death on a on a bit of a slow burn where it's like you've got this fatal condition now because of your spacewalk and you know, it's not going to kill you in three weeks, but maybe this will kill you in three months or three years. Who knows? But I think this this is another way for them to like shoehorn in a time jump between episodes eight and nine, and that would give them time after this diagnosis air quotes of of you know uh, hypoxia and whatever that other thing was called, where they can build in one last big arc for Leia, and then she goes out in a blaze of glory. And that's why we don't see her in episode nine. The actual conditions that this that are being rumored here sound pretty weak. Ugh. 
But again, I'm I'm willing to sit in here and listen to the, you know, what what might come of that. Finn had a spinal cord severed by a lightsaber, and he was in a back to bag, and he's okay. <laughs> come on, man! It's it's it, it can't be something like natural like that. It, ha- it has to. You know, Chewie got shot, and then uh, you know she's just uh, she's passing. Uh, or uh, yeah, that was in the Force Awakens. Like uh, you know, she's passing that like tricorder thingy. Sorry, that's a Star Trek thing, but uh, over the um, over the wound. over the injury, like to help, yeah, over the wound and like, come on, man, they're freaking uh, they're traveling at light speed. I don't think. Uh... Yeah, it's no, this is, I just it's I don't like it's not my that's preferred they're strong of in the. In Star Wars, as the the circle of life goes on, like you can't really cheat death, even in Star Wars. Even that, like Anakin wanted that so bad. But I'm on the exact same page as you guys. Like, first of all, if she does die of a sickness, you don't need to tell me what it was. Leia was sick; she died. I get it. I get Whoa, what you're that, saying, that like, would drive drive. That would make people nuts. Hey, whatever. I mean, they have very limited options here. Like, I like Kyle, what you said about the slow burn. A sickness does uh, entail that, but it's the the time jump. If we have a significant time jump, you don't need to necessarily explain what she particularly died of. You can say like something happened, like you know, you, you give you don't say like oh cancer, uh, she had cancer of uh, the pancreas or whatever it is. You know, like you don't have to get into nitty gritty details. Like you can kind of get around it, I guess. But like, yeah, I, I think that's a really weak, weak reasoning to justify something that some fan wrote up. <laughs> like, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't, I can't give it any merit. <laughs> I debated even talking about this, but uh, it it felt like another, at least it's another angle to talk about this rather than write her out in the crawl or blow up her ship with her on it. Because frankly, all of those options sound terrible to me. Well, you know what? <laughs> even though they have super limited options, I'm like. I'm really hoping for them to be able to to surprise us all still and do it in such a classy way. I mean, it's not my I, I've racked my brain over it. Um, it's not my job to come up with a, a, a way, but I I really hope that they do. And when we watch, we're like, wow, I can't believe they they actually pulled it off in such a way, you know? Yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, they're gonna have to surprise These, us because if it's, if it's any of the things that we've already surmised, then color me disappointed like that is one thing that can break episode nine for me if they screw up leia you know what i mean like that can be an episode nine fatal flaw for me look they they try they 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 attempted um political assassination for the first three movies against amidala like why couldn't that work for leia who's let's say trying to rebuild the republic senate or just you know it happened the she's nasty, just trying to rebuild incident. you know what i mean so it's like it could or no just an assassination like why 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 can't that work why does it have to be like you know i think the first lazy thing everybody came up with was oh yeah her ship you know written out in the in the crawl or uh her ship explodes in the first scene but like yeah but you can also you know there, there's so many different ways to do it Either way, it has to be done at the beginning of the movie. Because nobody's going to forgive you for saying, oh, uh, Leia Organa is still alive, but uh, we're not showing her on screen. Like, uh, we're, we're following these idiots. Yeah, you can't. You have like, they, you got to, yeah, you got to band-aid this. 
yeah, it has to. It has to be. You have to rip it off right away at the beginning. You have to, it, whether it's in the crawl or the first part of dialogue. It has to. I mean, it should be in the crawl. That's my. That's my opinion, because it sets the, it sets the tone for what we're about to see. You mean this? You mean the setup for for what's about to come, not the death itself. Mm, no, it could be uh, after you know uh, after multiple assassination attempts failed. Uh, Leia finally succumbed to another assassination attempt or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, mm. in, in, in the actual crawl, like, you know, it's a dark, it's a very dark time for the, for the rebellion. You know? I, I'd prefer, <laughs> I'd prefer, I'd prefer the sickness thing. If it came to that, if it was in the crawl, it'd be like, uh, some years have passed. Uh, like princess Leia has become one with the force. I, I want them to, I want Abrams to push, push the limits on what he can get away with. Because if you're going to, I mean, I think we can all agree in a perfect world, Leia's story would be complete. You know what I mean? Like if if if, any, if everybody just said, we're cool with, with CG, and then that means fans and uh, her family and everybody, everybody said, yeah, let's, let's, let's do this. And everybody said, you know, rubber stamped and said, go ahead. We want to see Leia's story. That in a perfect world would be, you know, the ideal way to go. But, you know, that's, that's not going to happen. But I I want JJ to kind of push that limit, and I, Corey, I, I, maybe I want to see him loophole something where maybe we see like a holographic image of Leia, and Carlos, it, it, this plays into what you're saying. Like maybe we see Leia giving a speech, but we only see you know you see a, a stage far off, and you see like a tiny little Leia on center stage giving a speech, but you see like a holographic image of her for the for the cheap seats, right? And then you see mm-hmm. that holograph that holographic image explode, and the whole th- like the, the the stage explodes. That might be enough, and it's it's a bit of a loophole because Leia was on screen, and you push that limit just a little bit, JJ. Or or even like you have like a, a side shot, and the camera pans around her from behind, and you see her. You're hearing the speech, you don't see her actual mouth moving. And as it comes around, you know, you could see that she's there, but boom, something happens uh, as opposed to just like being in the cheap seats. Then again, you, you got to get the voice too. Yeah. Well, I, I look, I don't know. I mean, that's, uh, it's, it's going to be tough for them to pull that off uh, considering they're saying that they don't want to recast and that uh, they're not going to do CG. Um, I mean, if you're going to do CG, then CG or through the whole movie and, and oh, go yeah. with the original story. That that you had yeah. planned, right? Yeah. Because like, I mean, isn't that the whole point? Yeah. Like, if, if you're going to do it, do it. Yeah, I agree. If not, then just I'm, I'm. Look, I know you guys are like not not cool with the whole the the crawl thing, and that, I mean that's obviously it's um it's a personal taste thing, and you have your opinion. Uh, I mean, well, I, I respect that. Really, For me, really I'd subjective. be fine with it. I would be fine with it. I mean, as long as it it makes sense, and they're not telling me. Yeah, she got the flu from being the <laughs> from being walking in space. Get the hell out of here! Like, come on. I, I don't know. And you get, th- think about this. I wanted to ask you guys this. This can be, I guess, considered from one point of view pessimistic, or from another point of view optimistic. But when we have a franchise of this magnitude, is it possible that you know when you're signing these contracts and getting on board to do a trilogy? And sadly to say, you know at, at the age of Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, would they possibly have some contingency footage 
like in the unlikely event that you don't make it through the series, like maybe let's film this one off shot that we could possibly splice in at a later date if something unfortunately would have were to happen to you. Well, I think it's possible. Sure. I mean, I think now studios will probably begin considering that. I mean, I think Donald Glover recently said that there's there's like a full on body scan of him. And I think that's meant for more than just creating action figures. Like, I think if ever they need, if, if, if making CG actors or bringing characters back via CG ever becomes a thing, I think all these guys are going to start getting scanned and then they'll, they'll oh, no. work out the legal parts of it after. But yeah, I mean, think about Paul Walker when he went. Bro, they're, they're straight up going to clone him. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but again, th- like Paul Walker, when he went out, like that was, that was bad timing. You know, when you consider where, where they were with the, uh, Fast and Furious franchise, and they had to get his brother to stand in for him while they killed him off. I think I, I don't know the movies very well. I think that's that's the deal there. But I, I I can almost guarantee you now that studios will begin thinking about ways to mitigate the loss of of a big name character if if they were to meet an untimely demise during production. Like that's 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 not good for anybody. Carlos, like you said, like everybody's going to have a different view of this. It's going to be really somebody, and I mean, a large group of people is going to be disappointed and angry about about how they hand, handle this for sure. Well, yeah, we've been dreading this. I mean, since her passing, you know, like obviously we, we we're mourning over Carrie, but same right, we we knew what the franchise was up against. JJ's got to pull a rabbit out of his hat, man. He's got stones just for stepping up and uh, accepting this gig. Just because that's, I mean, that's the first thing you have to deal with. And like we said, this is something that's got to be dealt with right away in the movie. If not in the crawl, then within, you know, the opening opening sequence. It's got to be done with. Like, we can't like, get... What if... Sorry, not to interrupt, but what if we, you get like a Kanan moment where she has her, you know, she's between... Um, you know, let's say the 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 upper council of of the of the the rebellion, uh, and you know there's an IED or something, and she she kind of like pushes them back with the force and takes the brunt of of what could be like a you know a, her, her end. Like, would you would you accept it if 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 they did something like that? Or ideally, you would have something to do more directly with her and Kylo. Ideally, but wow, it's, it's, you're it's really hard. asking for too much, man. Uh, I, I am. I, yeah, yeah, I know. You know, you are. I'm. I'm. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's like, it's it's gonna be like, there, there's there's two. Oh, that's, that's why I said. That's why I said ideally. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they they just oh, got their work cut out for them, and hopefully they can again pull a rabbit out of their hat, like Kyle said, and just surprise us all. Yeah, that's that's going to be a big, big task. Anyway, I've been thinking about it for like two years now, or, or for not two years, but like fourteen months. Like, how how are they going to work this out? Like, it's it, it sucks, and it's it's you know obviously, I think you know the fact that her family lost her is more important than any of the Star Wars, but like, I can't help but be selfish in the fact that like. We're not going. Sorry, we're not. <laughs> we're we're not going to get 
the movie that we should have gotten. And they're going to use that, you know, these, these trolls are going to use that against them no matter what they do. Pretty much. Ugh. I mean, we've kind of been, we're, we're grasping at straws, but this could be one of the elements that cost Colin Trevorrow his job. I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. He just couldn't cope with uh, what was going on at that point. And the rewrites were just like, Kathy was just like, not gonna. Anyway, that's, I mean, it's it's all, it's borderline irresponsible to for us to say that because we just don't know. But I, I, everybody seems to agree that that probably had something to do with it. And maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But uh, no doubt this is going to be the thing that we talk about like crazy. And I wonder if it's if if how it's. I mean, if Lucasfilm wanted to soften the blow of how they do it, they could leak that in advance so that everybody knows going in. This is how it's it's dealt with. Like, would you rather kind of know going in or do you want to take that risk that you'll be either pleased or bitterly disappointed. Oof, I think it's going to be a hard one. Well, they might, if it's that juicy, if they've pulled it off and they want to keep it secret, I believe it'll stay a secret. But if it's something, maybe they're going to want to have that leaked early so that people are prepared to deal with, you know, disappointment. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to keep spoilers a secret anyway usually most stuff comes out so the, i mean it's it's if you if you want to find out you'll probably be able to before the movie comes out but if if they want the news to be widespread that could happen as well i mean bresnikan could cover it in ew in the months leading up to episode 9 i don't know it's 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 a tough one obviously anyway that's it for the news this week. Now it's time for the binary sunset, and we're going to kick things off as we always do with ads. Evening, lads. Hope you are all well. Hope you're having a great show. I'm sure you are. So, my question this week is which Star Wars character would you like to see from a slightly different perspective? So, not necessarily a standalone film, but just to be able to see, uh, see someone seen from. The view of another, perhaps, uh, or to see even, let's say, an additional scene added in to any of the films for the purpose of extending a particular character's story. So have a think about that. Uh, Enjoy it. Have some fun. And I will catch you again next week. All right. Take care. Bye. There goes ads once again. I don't know how many times ads has done this in a row, but our hat is off to you, ads. Really, really appreciated. Week after week after week for well over a year. Probably probably verging on close to two years, actually. So thank you, ads, for that and for all these questions. And another great one this week, guys. So which Star Wars character would you like to see from a slightly different perspective? Hmm. And, and Lord knows we know how we have enough avenues of uh, enough people capable of, of giving us those characters from different points of view. So, Carlos, who who would you like to have a look at from a different point of view? Um, I might be on a I might be on an island here, but I need me more palps. Mm-hmm. Pal Palpacino. I need I need some more. Hoo-ah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I just need uh, I, there's something about that character that I want to see. I want to see, you know, we bring up a ginger, another ginger, you know. Um want to see him like, you know, how why he grows up with so I know he hates his father and stuff, but like what makes him pushes him to that to that uh that course. I think I'd love to see that. I know it's a, you know, ad said, you know, not specifically in a movie. Uh, but, uh, I'd love it. I'd love it. If it was a, if it was a movie, like he's one of these characters that he's magnetic. I, uh, yeah. He's absolutely yeah, magnetic. Got, I'd love to see more Palpatine. He's, he was my go-to answer. So I tried to go a little bit deeper, but yeah, there was, there was a time once upon a time where, where old Sheev Palpatine had a, had a lady friend and she broke his heart. I believe that is actually canon. Like imagine seeing that. How weird would that be? To actually see Palpatine in a relationship, in love, <laughs> and to have his heart shattered. Yeah, never again. So doing something like that with Palpatine, though, is it worth it to humanize him? Because he, right now he's just the perfect manifestation of pure, irredeemable evil, right? Like, this guy is the devil. For us, he's never been good. Nothing he's ever said has been for the benefit of anybody other than himself. Would it shatter that if we went so far enough back in time when maybe he wasn't such a complete self-absorbed evildoer? No, because we all make a conscious choice at at one point. Like, I think that would culminate in him killing Plagueis. So you'd like to see, like, semi-light side? Or or kind of, I don't know, how, how would you like to see Palpatine portrayed? Well, I think for all Sith students in in the early years, they're highly manipulated by their masters at first. So Plagueis probably, you know, duped him and just played him like a fiddle, taught him a few things. And once he came to that realization, he was too late for him to turn back, you know, having lost his love and all that stuff. I think it makes the tragedy um, more more palpable and it it makes the palpatinable the tr- yeah <laughs> uh, it it, ma- it makes it more more of a tragedy knowing that it didn't have to be that way it also you know could make him more evil in that sense if you look at uh you know the toby Maguire spider-man movie um if you look at that first trilogy like spider-man 2 was awesome and you had uh alfred molina playing uh doc ock and that was just awesome. It was incredible. Like he was, he he was. He's a great villain, and his human side, his human nature, before becoming that villain, makes his turn that more tragic. So, like, yeah, I think I think it it can only do more for the character, in my opinion. I mean, you know, some people might not think so, but I don't care. <laughs> it's kind of like Doctor Evil too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Corey, who who do you got? I got a few options here. Um kind of inspired by the Lando comic. And I kind of took it in a bit of a di- different direction than than Carlos. I was kind of like staying within the film, like just looking at things from a different angle, how they kind of uh, expanded on a few things. So uh Again, the Lando comedy it just gives us such great perspective on uh, Lando and Lobot's relationship and 
kind of it's tragedy, I guess. Um, but maybe they could have. I, I would like to see how what Lobot does exactly. You know what I mean? Like a little more. Like uh, yes, they disarm the guards there, but like I would like to see him in a a bit more of a capacity in Empire. Like I don't know, maybe not necessarily going kung fu on people, but really in a bit of a firefight. And then another another big one, sticking with Lando and, and Lobot, would be how the hell did Lando infiltrate Jabba's palace? Like I think that's a different perspective that. We're all like, whoa, like, it's Lando. Like, we know Jabba's palace was kind of falling apart at the seams and rotting from the inside. But, you know, I still think it was hard to get in there. Uh, How about Malakili and the Rancor? <laughs> like, I would like to see them playing fetch or something like that. But then, like, lastly, I think there was a cool, there's a cool little tidbit. And it's even in the can, canonical... um encyclopedia it doesn't necessarily say that it's because there's more than one ig88 droid but there's this kind of side story that ig88 tagged along with boba the way that boba tagged along with the falcon like ig88 was kind of like hip to the jive and followed boba to uh cloud city did you say hip boba. to the jive yeah man what year is this anyway, 1958 it's the seventies. We're talking about or eighties. We're talking about Empire. Anyhow, he, you see a pile, a junk pile of IG eighty eight in the corner, and like it's like there's a picture of it in this encyclopedia, and it's pointing at it, saying IG eighty eight. So you know, you kind of come up with this story that he followed him, and Boba sniffed him out and gunned him down. That that could have been a little different perspective. Corey, every week you surpass yourself. <laughs> I do. I try. <laughs> uh, no, that's 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 kind of cool. I dig that. Um, I went with. I mean, this this one's going to seem like I just went for the easy two point layup, but I, I would be interested in seeing Boba Fett from a different point of view. Like I, I've you know I'm the first person to say I don't want to see a Boba Fett movie. I feel like I'm kind of peeing in the wind with that one because I'm gonna get it whether I like it or not. And I'll... I'm with you on that. I don't. I don't want that one either. We're gonna Go get ahead. it <laughs> at some point. We're gonna get it, and we'll probably like it. But right now, he's he's like just another classic villain for us. But maybe he can become a viable anti-hero. And I wouldn't mind seeing that kind of play out. It's better than like the useless tool that we see of him in in Return of the Jedi. I I would prefer oh, to see him actually doing things and maybe maybe contributing somewhere other than to his his bottom line. I I I wouldn't entirely say no to that. The imagined scene between uh uh Boba and Cad Bane, the the showdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Um one character I have no interest in seeing at all from another point of view is Yoda. That is that is a no fly zone for me. Uh, Tarkin, I feel like I've gotten that already. There hasn't been enough Tarkin in the new canon novels. You wouldn't have wanted to see Yoda on Dagobah? Like, was he really just making stew the whole time? Or, you know, yeah, wouldn't you, you wouldn't, like to see him? Like, You wouldn't get it from another point of view. You would just, you would get Yoda on Dagobah. It wouldn't be from any any, any other narrator's point of view feeding you. Well, you could, see, 
like maybe what he was doing like i don't know like making some kind of like brew where he can like look into the this pot and see into the future i don't know like just messing around with the forest still well i, I don't know i don't know if that really qualifies as a different point of view really hmm. yeah i don't know if yoda Macbeth is something i want to watch <laughs> 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 no, I, I think like different point of view kind of means like, you know, when you, when you read Lost Stars and you get a different point of view of the Empire and the people within it. So like, you know, growing up as kids, every every stormtrooper, every officer was just an evil SOB. But then you read Lost Stars and you go, oh, man, these guys, these guys were just for the most part, were just people who believed in the Empire because, you know, fake news and whatnot. <laughs> and, and they thought they were just doing their job and catching these these extremist rebels. Like that's that's a different point of view. That's for me what what this drill is all about. With ads, ads question. So yeah, I w- I wouldn't mind seeing my my worldview on Boba Fett flipped upside down. So there you go, ads. Curious to hear yours and everybody else's. Solid once again. Ads crushes it. Solid. All right, let's check in with Bradley in Texas. We'll hear what he's got to say this week. Hello, Tumble and Cyber. Bradley here with this week's Star Wars question. So let's uh, pretend for a moment that we had to give up, give away all our Star Wars items, memorabilia, and such, and uh, we would never see them again, but we could hang on to one item so we could keep one thing, everything else we'd have to give away. What would that one item, Star Wars related, would it be? Um, now you can't keep a set of anything. For instance, um, I have the original trilogy, uh, Star Wars cards, um, but I'd have to pick one card from that whole complete set. I wouldn't be able to com- uh, keep the complete set. Um, so it has to be one item. So, you know, out of all your figures and stuff, it could only be one figure, um, if you have like the complete set of comics, um, it it only it can only be one comic. It can't be the complete set. So it has to be one singular item. Um, for me, um, I would have to say it would be the special edition, the giant special edition uh, comic um, from The Empire Strikes Back. Um, for twofolds, I've I've got a mint copy of that. Um, that is just it is exactly that. It is mint. It is perfect in every way. Um, it looks brand new, and it just brings back good memories. Um, I can remember. I can recall my cousin and I um, going to a family reunion. And we both had this uh, special edition comic, and that's what we looked at the whole ride to the reunion. And, you know, that that was like a 10 to 12 hour drive to get there. Um, But we just read that thing from cover to cover, and um, I don't know, it it just brings, when I see that thing, I think of him, and I think of that time, I think of, uh, you know, all the, the memories that he and I had, uh, you know, playing uh, Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and, and uh, 
you know, just it just brings back great memories. And so, um, and I've got a lot of neat little things. I, I say a lot. I've got a few, uh, you know, uh, specialty items um, that are worth uh, a lot more, um, you know, if I was to sell them off and stuff. Um, but, uh, but, but this particular item, you know, is, is kind of special, has a special place in my heart. So that would be the one item um, that I would hang on to. Um, I, I could give up everything else. Um, or I would give up everything else. I wouldn't want to. But um, So that's my one item. So guys, what's your one item? Uh, what's the one thing that you just absolutely cannot depart with? As always, guys, have a great show. And may the Force be with you. Bye. All right, Corey, I want to hear you talk your way out of this one. You get to keep one, one, just one piece of your collection. And you have to liquidate the rest. I don't know if you're selling it or giving it away or it's being taken from you, but you're allowed to keep one piece to take with you. What's it going to be? It's only Star Wars, so yeah, still got some, we got some backup uh, comfort. But yeah, it's definitely a tough question. I'm kind of going in the same vein as Bradley, sadly. I've said this a couple times recently i mean there's some definitely some six inch series figures that i have some pretty pretty big attachment to like r2 there's a couple of funkos that i've grown quite attached to even a lot of my three and three quarter clone wars and rebel stuff like i'm more attached to that than the, the regular lines because to me they're like rarer and i don't know like some of them are actually kind of valuable but it's it always boils down to the rancor man like i bought that thing in the box I still have him. I sent you guys a picture the other day. Like I just noticed this. Like I take him out of the his box every now and again just to look at him. Like his his he's missing like a good like quarter inch or like half an inch of his jaw. <laughs> but I mean it's okay. He's in good shape for being over a little over thirty years old now. But he actually has a big staple gun. Like there's a, there's a staple gun staple like right in his ribs. Like I'm just I'm lucky that the thing didn't shatter. <laughs> Like, I don't know what would have possessed me as a kid to do that, but that's, uh, yeah, there's that. And I don't know, he's just been around the longest. And at this point, like, I still remember buying him and stuff. Like, I don't want to get rid of him just for that sole reason. Like, there are other things, but Kyle mostly got away with all our, our childhood stuff. Like, the books. <laughs> those those read-along books were pretty big. Those are pretty high up there for me, too, because they're, they're so tangible and memorable. But yeah, it'd be hard to to let go of a lot of these things. Yeah, when I first heard the question, I was like, "Oh, this will be easy to figure out," because I I can't I don't know if I have really that much sentimental attachment. And then as I thought about the stuff, and I looked in my closet here, and I go, "Oh boy, yeah, that this would be tough." But Carlos, what would you keep? Well, I haven't really collected much uh, growing up, so I don't have any attachment to that type of stuff. But if I look at my top, you know. The top three things. Like, I love collecting everything that has to do with Poe. And uh, I waited a while to get the uh, Poe's X-Wing. And um, But I think of all my Poe Dameron stuff, I have to say it's the, uh, uh, the series Poe Dameron that uh, Corey uh, actually gave me uh, a Christmas there when we uh, when we, we did our little exchange. And um, so, yeah, that one's on the t- near the top of my list. But... Uh, I look at other stuff like uh, comics. Um, like Bradley said that you you, ha- you can't you know take a whole line with you, 
So for me, uh, it would be uh, if if I was to pick a comic, it would be Darth Vader number five. Uh, that's just a good because, one, man. That's gonna be a classic. Yeah, that that that's the one that got me into collecting the whole series, and um, I'm still missing issue one and issue two. If anybody has a first printing, anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's you know that one's pretty cool. But I think if I had to get rid of everything and only keep one. I might surprise everyone here, and uh, I'm gonna keep my uh, Lego Krennic shuttle. That uh, that shuttle is um, that's no surprise here. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, you're totally you totally fangirl over him. Uh, well, not 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 just because Krennic the character, but the the actual shuttle itself is just it's in my bedroom. Like it's not with all the rest. <laughs> it's not with all the rest of the stuff. It's actually in my room and. Um, on your nightstand, kind, well, well, yeah, address let's be honest, it, it's in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't tell tales, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, so that would be you know, I, I love that black series, Paul Dameron, uh, from, from Corey, and and that Darth Vader number five is like it got me into collecting comics, uh, but that Krennic shuttle is at the top of my list. Right now, it might change tomorrow, but that's that's my answer today. Yeah, no, that, that's that's fair. You know what? Just as an aside, my friend has the Shuttle Tidarium Lego. Mm. That thing is gorgeous. The UCS, the the collector's uh, series one. I'm not sure. I it's big. It's it's rather large. So maybe. Oh no! It's yeah. Everybody loves that one. It's a substantial piece. Uh, yeah, it's and it's yeah. a lot of parts couple thousand parts oh, yeah. i think yeah i'm pretty sure it's the ucs uh shuttle tidarium it's freaking awesome it's really really nice um geez i i, I did really ha- the more i thought about it the tougher I, I got so i stopped thinking about it but on my list of things that i would have to decide from i'd have to lay all these things out on a bed in front of me and then just really figure it out but the falcon we had as kids even though it's just the bare yeah, shell be of it there. now uh the trivial pursuit board that i won that is signed by some star wars alum that's that's a one of a kind, you know. And it came at a at a Star Wars convention in Montreal that I won, on a, you know just participating in this contest on a whim. Um, that means an awful lot to me. Uh, Kigo's DL forty four illustration. Nice, mm, true. That's a that's a biggie for me. X wing Luke, the forty <laughs> anniversary X wing Luke. Like, how can I pass that up? Mm, you want to? You want to? You had to bring that up, eh? You want to go back there? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Let's go back there. Nope. I'm going to open that can of worms, eh? <laughs> Would it be number one on your list? Hmm. If you gave it to me? Yeah. If you if you just had it? No. That's the wrong answer, gringo. You can't have ever have mine. No, it's only yours. We've <laughs> been over this. It's the only one that we'll ever do. Um, And then a late entrant to my, to my thought process here was my copy of A New Hope. Our bootleg copy that our dad did VCR to VCR, tape to tape in the 80s. Like, all of my Star Wars memories came off of that VHS. And I, you know, it's probably, if I played it back now, it probably looks and sounds like utter garbage. But man, that, that, all my love of Star Wars is wrapped up into the, all, all that celluloid film in there. Yeah, but I wouldn't consider that a, a memorabilia. That's more like, or else I would have to, I would have to take the movies, my box set for the movies. Yeah, like, 
yeah, uh, movies included, man. Movies included. I listened to that. I I, I listened to the uh, to the to the message. I, I don't remember hearing. Uh, you can't like. Well, you can't take the whole set of movies. Like I'm just taking I one. Uh, no, I know, but I I didn't know that that was part of the. Uh... But you're right. No, you're right though. It's it's not necessarily a collectible, so I, I'll I'll strike that. I'll I'll do without it. Um, it's st- it's still a very difficult thing. Oh, for sure. I was just assuming that I always got to keep my movies. I don't like this question now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, geez, I, it's it's really tough, man. It's really tough. The, all all three of those things, all four of those things, mean an awful lot. Um, so I'll loophole it. I'll give Corey my X-wing, Luke, in this scenario. And uh, so, well, since my my bootleg VHS is not memorabilia then neither is Kigo's illustration and it's, it's not it's not official memorabilia that narrows it down to my Trivial Pursuit board and the Falcon that we had as kids and the Falcon is just trashed it's d- destroyed so I'm going to keep my Trivial Pursuit board nice hmm <laughs> I want to play on that one day that's yeah, the black we, we should play one. that. Yeah. We, we can we do that at some point. Together, yeah. The, the bonus yeah, round question. So when I did this contest, you know, all, all of the questions were about the OT, of course, and I think there's some expanded universe in there as well. But there was a final round questions, and this was before the Phantom Menace came out. But you know, at the time, there were still super fans. There was still the internet, even though it was in its very infancy. But the the final round, which boiled down to me and a and some girl, another huge fan. They were all questions about the Phantom Menace that had not come out, but that were included in that set. They were a small stack of cards, and they asked, like, really random questions, like the name of the costume designer, Trisha Bigger. Oh. You know? Uh, really nitty-gritty stuff, and that's that. I ran away with it at that point because I had committed all that stuff to memory already. I was every day hitting StarWars.com, reading everything they put out and that that is where i i won the contest so yeah that's nice. i'm keeping that chival pursuit board I, I you got a man with the i was thinking about it like loophole when kyle gives his stuff away i get the falcon back and x-wing luke <laughs> yes yes thank you bradley <laughs> all fiction. No, those, those signatures though that's that's the the signatures make that piece like Oh it's yeah, key. yeah. Without yeah, it, it's, it's like who cares? That's why I'm super stoked, man. I've been I'm refreshing the website every uh, every day at work. Um, soon to get the announcements for Comic Con 2018 Montreal. Is that coming soon? See who's coming? Yeah, they say uh, spring. Well, we've... I'm not looking forward to anything from Star Wars unless it's OT stuff. I don't know that it's anything. I don't think no, we're gonna get anything from this sequel trilogy. Especially since it's going into production, shooting principal photography this this July. So let's get some rebels on that uh, trivial pursuit board. Oh, that would be nice. I could have had Jason Isaacs last year, but I didn't feel like going. <laughs> anyway, Bradley, great question, sir. Had me tied up in knots like a human pretzel. Okay, let's let's go check in with Katie, who's back again this week. Hey guys, with Solo coming out, the question this week is what is your favorite Chewie moment? Mine has got to be when he swoops the Falcon in on Crate, which helps out the resistance in the B-Wings. The shadow of the Falcon appearing on the screen just filled me with excitement, and I loved that Chewie 
had a little co-pilot. As always, fantastic work. Much love, guys. Right back at you, Katie. And so, guys, Corey, your favorite chewy moment. This is my guy, so treat him carefully. Well, I love what Katie said because I think prior to the movie, I think all of us after the fact as well were like, that was Chewie flying the Falcon through that crystal cave. Like, we're like, oh man, whoever's flying that's got to be like a force sensitive almost like, but we know that Chewie can, can kick some butt in the, in the pilot seat. So that was kind of cool. So that's a good mention. Um, well, yeah, because nobody gave Chewie even credit. Like, nobody thought that was actually going to be Chewie in that seat. And we threw yeah, everybody in it. there. Maybe it was Poe Dameron who somehow jumped on the Falcon as they're escaping, or it's Ray, or it's... Hell, he even threw out the possibility that Kylo had turned, and he was piloting the Falcon. Well, that's it. I mean, after 30 years, uh, people were saying that because he was, again, in the co-pilot seat. But that's not necessarily the co-pilot speed. That's a, from a certain point of view. Like, he's sat there for 30 years. That's where he's comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. He probably and sheds it, all over that chair, too, so nobody else wants to sit there. <laughs> seriously. Uh, okay, so I got to start with Han and Chewie reunion in Jedi. Just the way that, you know, Han's all blind and Chewie's just like, doesn't Gary, like, he's in jail. They're in dire straits. And he's just like, oh, my buddy. Like, he's crying. He's whimpering. He's trying to groom him. He just wants to hug him. And so you get a bit of perspective on Chewie's character there. Like, he's just the best. Like, such loyalty. And if I wanted to get one in there from the sequel trilogy. And this is a good one, man. When he, someone put this uh, into perspective for me. When I saw like they'd drawn it out in like a cartoon style kind of where it's basically Chewie shooting Kylo in The Force Awakens. Now we also learn in the novelization of The Last Jedi that Kylo uses the Force to kind of block that shot because Chewie's blaster is quite powerful. Like that was demonstrated quite well in The Force Awakens. But, but think of the relationship that Kylo and Chewie had. He was like the family dog, man. You don't think that was hard for Chewie to pull the trigger? Like, he didn't want that. So when you put him yourself in his shoes, like, that's, that's pretty yeah, rough. Yeah, there is quite a bit of history in that, in that moment where, for sure, you can, you can imagine uh, Chewie you know, cradling a, a baby Kylo and saying that, you know, my, when, when Han goes, my life debt's going to transfer to this kid. And then without a, without a moment's hesitation or a second thought, he just looses that bowcaster bolt right into Kylo's side. You know, that's that that's a, that's there's there's all kinds of stuff. You, it's easy to overlook that moment as as Chewie missed. He missed the kill shot. But I think there's a, there's a lot to that. Maybe Chewie Kylo pulled that shot, force. who knows. But yeah. Ah, that's it. Like it was a difficult decision for him. But lastly, I think the most important one is is uh this one time I got my hand on a on a subtitled version of a new hope with, with Wookiee subtitles. And at the end, Chewie, when he doesn't get his medal, his last little word of speech of, of that film, he, he says, you bunch of wankers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then it's true. Right at the end, he's just like, he's like, where's my medal? Stymied again. Carlos, what do you got? Um, I think of the OT and I think of uh, Empire, uh, where Chewie has 
three uh, PO uh, strapped to his uh, <laughs> strapped to his back, and and uh, as soon as uh, Lando undoes the um, the cuffs, he goes to choke him. He's choking him out, and and that leads up to you know they're they're fi- they're finally trying to escape. They're on the Falcon. And uh, Leia's like, turn around, Chewie, turn around. And then Lando, says, what do you mean, turn around? And then that growl that he, that Chewie growls at Lando, and Lando's like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, STFU. Like, yeah, that was that was <laughs> awesome. I mean, like Chewie already already hates him. He wants to he wanted to choke him out, and uh, he's sticking up for his girl. And um, don't poke uh, the I bear. Lo- I, yeah, exactly. It was awesome that that. For me, that's one of my favorite, uh, if not second favorite, truly moments. But my number one is Crate. My number one, I have to agree with Katie that uh, just having Chewie pilot the Falcon like a boss. I was, yeah, for me, that's my number one. That's like Chewie is uh, not the man, but Chewie is the Wookiee man. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the best. Yeah, I mean, a few weeks ago, somebody asked us our favorite moments from each each of the movies I, I think that could have even been last week and I, I had mentioned that the falcon swooping in on crate is is up there with my favorite moments from the last jedi ergo is probably one of my favorite chewy moments as well and it is it's right there i'm very tempted to agree with you guys but there's there's so many little moments and cory touched on a couple uh, i i love chewy saying goodbye to luke prior to the battle of hoth the way he just pulls him back in for a hug yeah, and Luke gives him like a little scratch on the neck, almost almost like okay, he is a dog. Okay. Uh, Chewie tossing around stormtroopers before Han gets frozen, and like you know Han's trying to talk him down off the ledge, like, and Chewie's like, "What, what do you mean, calm down?" But yeah, the princess. Yeah, yeah, like he finally does sort of talk him down off off you know off that berserker rage. But uh, I'm yeah I'm gonna go I'm I'm going with Carlos and, and Katie that that moment of of Chewie it's it's Chewie flying the Falcon for God's sakes oh it was awesome and even just Finn woo they hate that ship <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh it just made that moment so good that's and... a, that's a, a wonderful moment and you you know what's great is that when you see the you know the first uh, the first Tie Fighters go down from the Falcon it's it's one shot that takes out three Tie Fighters. It go. You see it pass through like three Tie Fighters in a row. It's That's awesome. It's awesome. It's one of those little things that maybe you don't notice because so much is going on, but if you see that clip again, you'll see it's one shot from the Falcon that takes out three Tie Fighters. Chewie unleashed. I mean, of course, that, I mean, that's that's Ray in the gunner's position, yeah. which which is another moment unto itself. It's like exactly. she's just she's ripping it up, and she's got a big smile on her face. I love that part of it too. Even when they meet in the Last Jedi, for the first time, like this is cool too. This is a little tidbit. Luke's the wing of Luke's X-wing is hit the door to his hut. Yep. And Chewie's just like incredible hulks it. Like he's like, what the hell? Well, yeah, that yeah, that's that's been a um, was that in the visual dictionary for the Last Jedi? I think I had heard it on Twitter, but that makes sense. And so, yeah, so anybody who's like, ah, Luke could have just picked up his X-Wing out of the lake and it's, it's you know, he could have just flown, flown to, uh, flown to crate to help. And that's how that should have ended. But that, that, that bridge has been burned, man. He dismantled his X-Wing and he's using an S-foil for a door. 
Yeah, and I think when yeah, metal, was, metal and salt water, uh-uh. even a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, no, that, that ship yeah, is no, corroded. It was, it was, uh, it was just a, it was like one panel from from the wing that uh, he used as the door there. So, yeah, that uh, there was no way that thing was leaving the planet. <laughs> no, that thing was trashed. Anyway, Katie, you you chose a great moment. Two of us here agree with you. Oh yeah. Definitely. There's a lot of great Chewie moments. I mean, he's he's like he's not like an A tier character. He's he's sort of like on the B level. A lot of cool little moments he's got though. Yeah, so many times I want to hear what he's saying. Like, I don't care what you smell down there. <laughs> like, what is he telling Han? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, how about like there's there's even some funny moments like uh Well that is funny. <laughs> yes, it is. You're right. But it's uh, usually it is for the comic relief, usually when someone repeats what he's trying to say, you know, in, yeah, in the first awakens, R2, when uh, they're talking to Kanja Club, yeah, he's like, "Yes, I always, do. yes, I do the every best. time," and like Chewie's <laughs> just like, "Yeah, no, you dummy." There's a lot of good Chewy humor in the Force Awakens. Like someone yeah, else, that scene he, was cool, but isn't he, I would have preferred to see Han Solo instead of Indiana Jones. But <laughs> <laughs> he's getting his arm bandaged up too. They're so brave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah he's hamming it up. Uh, Finn, Finn asks Chewie, the, the war hero? And Chewie's just like, well, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> you want to you <laughs> call him, You want to call that guy a war hero? Okay. Cool. Katie, thank you very much. Can't wait to hear what you got next week. All right. Key goes in. Key goes in the house, everybody. So why did, why didn't Obi-Wan, Yoda, or Qui-Gon appear to old man Luke somewhere between the temple being destroyed and Ray turning up to tell him not to give up or have I missed something somewhere? And I think this is a great question. And it, it, for me, it comes from the same, the same place that makes me ask why Anakin never appeared to Ben solo. Once it was clear that Snoke was turning him. I got, I got a couple things here that can kind of possibly explain it. Um, there's there's always that Jedi dogma possibly where they they need him to come to the realization for himself, which I feel is a bit low hanging fruit. You I mean think lazy? it's been yeah. Uh, I think it's been somewhat explained that you know the Force awakens and the Force was asleep. There was something that reawakened the Force, and that was an imbalance in the Force. So that can kind of attribute to that. Like everything was kind of calm, cool. So there was. It's almost as if they maybe possibly can't materialize when it's like that. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, the force force goes to sleep, which means force ghosts all go to sleep as well. Possibly, and I think the biggie is that you know once the temple burns, Luke pretty much I think we are to assume that he immediately shuts off his connection to the force. Like not even Leia can sense him, and supposedly that's one of her fortes is sensing people. Uh, Stuff like that through the force. So, you know, once he turns off the force, I think it's hard for them to to kind of get a handle on it again. And I just think maybe the the events that happen on Act Two or Act Two, whatever, uh, during the Last Jedi, kind of you know, kind of point Yoda firstly in in that direction. I, I like what so you powerful. said though. I like how you said like with the force being asleep. Maybe maybe that's the end of the story. There's no more force ghosts because there's there's no conduit for them to appear. 
I do like that because I've I've always had the question like, do we think that that conversation between Luke and Yoda in the Last Jedi is the first time they've spoken in decades? Yeah, we get definitely get that impression. Just, just the way Yoda or Luke addresses Yoda, he looks at him like Master Yoda. Like it's almost like I, the way you talk to somebody when you haven't seen them forever, and they've they've kind of caught you red-handed, right? I don't know. That's that's a that's a good question. I'd I'd be very curious to see if that is actually true because that that explains that would be a really good explanation as to why Anakin never appears to Ben Solo because if Anakin wanted to, he couldn't. Carlos, what do you, what do you what do you think? Um, the the question is why didn't they appear? And um, we don't know if they did. That's we don't. Uh, yeah, there, there's a whole theory. Yeah, so we don't know what actually was said or wasn't said. Um, but I mean, uh, assuming that they didn't, uh, my best guess is that, uh, like Corey said, that Luke closed himself off from the Force. And uh, there was uh, no connection open. Um, but Yoda appears to Luke in The Last Jedi because Rey makes Luke doubt all his decisions. And now when he's doubting his decisions, he's he's using the... There's, there's part of him that wants to help go and help. So it kind of opens that door a little crack. And uh, that's when uh, Yoda appears... When it seems like Luke is determined to burn that tree down, but obviously he wasn't. He was he 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 was doubting that decision too. So I think the fact that he closed himself off from the Force and Ray appearing to him kind of opened you know opened that door a little bit for him to think that yeah I could I could do it like I can I can go help, uh, and he was like almost willing to go help until. Um, uh, uh, Ray and and Kylo actually like touch hands in that uh, force. You touched his hand. I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's that. That's my 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 answer. Going with, you know, the caveat that they didn't appear to him before. We only saw that, so we don't know. Yeah, I I think that's that's probably the most likely. I think. If I had to pie chart this whole thing, that would probably eat up the biggest chunk. Um, maybe there, maybe Luke shut Obi Wan out. Maybe in the years after Jedi, he he came to resent Obi Wan and not accept his certain point of view stuff. Like you know, they obviously had their conversation on Dagobah in Jedi, but maybe in the later years, Luke thought about all that and just said. There was no reason for you to lie, Ben. I don't accept your explanations. So he maybe he cut Obi Wan out. And that I, would suck I, for Obi Wan after everything he put in. It would. That's, that's what you get for lying. And that would, that would take down Luke's character too, though, in my in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And I, Luke had no relationship with Qui Gon, so I don't even like Qui Gon to me is a non-factor in this in this conversation. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't I don't ever see a need for Qui-Gon to appear to Luke. Um like like Obi-Wan is always wrong. <laughs> like he's he's wrong about every the only time he's he's right about something is right at the beginning of the Phantom Menace. Everything after that is like just even even in um uh Twin Sons in Rebels, like he's wrong there too. Like oh just 
It's hard it's to not like, necessarily wrong. That's all from a certain point of view. Yeah, but that's crap. I nah, mean, a, Luke's a variable, a big one in the prophecy still. Well, by the strict text in that that episode, Maul asked him, is he the chosen one? And he says, yes, he's wrong. Yeah, it's a little more complicated than that for me. Well, we, we know how you feel about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would honestly argue with George Lucas with that. I am convinced. <laughs> Corey, the, the loopholes have taken over your life. Like, let let go. Oh, man, like, I, I like the, the twin variable, the fact, you know, that the offspring of Anakin is it's change changes the whole prophecy up. Prophecies are never set in stone. That's the best thing about these. It's all based on visions that are. Except when the writer writes it in stone and says that Anakin is the chosen one. Well, I, I well, get that. It's, but the... it's the whole intent of the author thing, right? Or death of the author. Like Carlos, if, if you wrote a song, like you mm. wrote, you wrote a song about, um, uh, gun violence after 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 Sandy Hook, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I listen to that song, I go, Carlos, that song is about Anakin's turn to the dark side. And you said, no, it's actually about Sandy Hook. And I'm like, nope, it's about something else. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's true. That's kind of the same thing, right? We're no, but as a creator, uh, it's it, it's no longer yours as soon as you put it out there for um for people to consume it so you know what in that in that uh you know once you shed that type of light on it then i have to agree with you like yeah i guess people take from it what they want so this is the way i see it i just see it on like uh, the layers of an onion like i do agree with you anakin is the chosen one but it's not only because he's the one that brought balance it's because of the variables that he brought into play that helped to bring balance like his children like it all comes full circle so it's not like grant like i'm not saying luke's the chosen one or whatever but i'm saying there's all these other things that are at play that help things to come all the way around to to bring that balance well that's, you know that's I mean? one of the things we learned last week right about um luke luke was a manifestation of the force or like, he he was sort of he was an inch. This is what I, this is what sounds crazy to me. The bullets that we saw said both Luke and Anakin were instruments of yes. the cosmic force, whereas Ray was a manifestation of the cosmic force. Yeah. Like what sounds more heavy to you? Manifestation. Instrument is a, instrument is a tool. Yeah. Manifestation yep. is like. Yeah, the she's chosen like, one stuff. <laughs> like, well, look that, if I, if you say that Luke is uh is a tool uh to help Anakin um redeem be, himself, be, be the chosen one. But well, then Obi Wan is a tool by making Luke uh you know or sending yeah. him to to oh, Yoda. I, but then Obi Wan is also uh because he didn't kill Anakin when he had the chance on Mustafar. So. So then, I, what is Obi Wan the chosen one too? Because he helped the prophecy come to come to pass. At the end, there's one character, there's one person who puts his hand on the Emperor to kill the Sith, and it was Anakin Skywalker. It's it's that's it, man. There's no if you're gonna start going oh, but this person did this and this person did that. Yeah, there's 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 a bunch of a bunch of chains in a link. 
uh, uh, links in a chain. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Dyslexic. But at a certain point, you have to just give in to the fact that there's one, the chosen one, not the chosen many. But like from a certain point of view, again, like when he's speaking with Maul and he asks, is he the chosen one? If Luke dies, whatever he's protecting dies, then whatever, like Vader's prophecy is never fulfilled fulfilled by killing the emperor so protecting him is yeah, but leia's still alive yeah but she's gone down a different path at that point like they both play such prominent roles in the galaxy which is amazing like it just adds to that whole like well, lucas is all backfiring in my face luke is the catalyst for anakin to come back but anakin it's, has to do the deed so... when, when anakin lands at ta on tatooine can't believe we're here he's again. like He's like, I got a bad feeling about this. That's what Vader was saying in the back of his mind, I'm sure. Like, oh, why are we here? I don't like this. Is that hard to in 3PO? Oh, dear. This is not good. You know what's not good? Being caught in this quicksand again. <laughs> hey. All right, did we, did we get our mileage out of this question? Where do, where do we land sure. on this finally? Just that the Force was kind of off and... Yeah, there's a couple of things. Like it's it depends on the the wielder of the force. It depends on the force itself and what kind of mood it's in, if it's sleepy or not. And uh the fact that Luke wanted nothing to do with it again. That's true. I mean we we may learn that they did appear to Luke and say, Luke, stop, you gotta you gotta fix this, dude. And Luke could have said, I'm just like he told R2 and just like he's told everybody else, I'm not going back. And he just put his Fingers in his ears, la 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 la. That's what you're doing, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week while we hit this question again. Oh no! All right, Kigo. Okay. I I hope that helped a little bit. But uh... <laughs> oh I, no, I, I Carlos, I like what you said. I think a lot. I, I like what we all said. We, I think we all kind of put in a little bit of two cents there. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Keegan. We'll catch up with you again soon. And we're going to end the show with the double barrel blast of two Jeffs. We got the Metal Mando up here. Let's listen to what he's got to say. Hey guys, what's up? Jeff here again from sunny Fort Myers, Florida. My memory for this week is I'm going to take it back to the Empire Strikes Back. And one of the most iconic scenes for me is uh, on that Star Destroyer with uh, Darth Vader overlooking... The introduction of the original six bounty hunters. So we're talking about Boa Fett, Dengar, Forlam, IG-88, Zuckus, and Bosk. Which of these bounty hunters do you think we're going to see in the new Han Solo movie? And, you know, we could also expand that to maybe the, um, Boosh, Bausch, um, character that Leia portrayed. Um, maybe that was a... Bounty Hunter at some point. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I've heard both of the pronunciations. And what about Lando's outfit in Return of the Jedi with, you know, that teeth mask? Can that have been a Bounty Hunter at some point? And uh, what about uh, Cad Bane? Like an older Cad Bane uh, showing up. That could be pretty cool, right? So which of these characters do you think is going to show up in the Han Solo movie and maybe if you don't think they're going to show up, which of those would you really love to see? And, um, of course, my, you know, my 
favorite's going to be Boba Fett. And I really want to see Bosk. I'm a really big Bosk fan. But I got a feeling that we might see a Dengar appearance for some reason. I just, like deep down, I think we're going to see Dengar in this movie. And my other question is, that scene where you see, uh, you know, Han, you know, just kind of grabbing that holster with that DL-44 right there, getting ready to just, you know, pull it out Western style. Like, how many of those characters do you think are bounty hunters? A couple of them kind of look familiar, you know, could have been what I mentioned before. But, huh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on which of those bunny hunters uh, you think are going to be in it and the ones you really want to see in it. And, hey, uh, for this week, on the Metal Mando, when I'm out of here, guys, I'll talk to you next time. Bye. All right, guys, there goes Jeff. He's so lucky down in there in Florida and nice weather. But uh, which of the six bounty hunters that we were introduced to in, in, on the bridge of the Star Destroyer in Empire are we going to go? Are we going to see in the standalone movie, the solo movie? If any, I'm just going to throw it out there quickly. I'm I'm saying no one. What do you say, Corey? Uh, I don't want to see no one, but like just to play to the question, I love Cad Bane as well. I don't think he has his place in this movie, although it'd be pretty. Goddamn cool. Uh, if there would be anyone that makes sense, it's Boba Fett. Like, you know, to give a little backstory to him, especially if he doesn't get his own standalone. Like, just throw that little tidbit in there just for the dig in, in Empire and their, and their relationship. You know, they know each other. Uh, I'm kind of on the same page as Jeff as well, in the sense that I have a feeling Dengar might have a role in this just because... I think it might be subliminally implanted in his head as well because he doesn't know where it's coming from. But a lot of stuff in the EU pointed to them being in the Imperial Academy together. So we might get like pre-Bounty Hunter get Dengar. Very possible. Hmm. But I think the coolest coolest would be Bosk. Just for – I'd like to see him and Chewie fight again. That would be cool. Yeah, I, I, I would like to see Bosk. Of those six, I would like to see Bosk. What about you, Carlos? Do, who do you think we're going to see? Um, I'm not sure we're going to see anyone. Uh, I I don't think they want to unwrap that. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's going to be fan service uh, in other ways. And like just to, to throw in a bounty hunter, just to throw in a bounty hunter uh, for more fan service. I, I, I'm not sure that's going to. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm not it, sure they're going to do fly. that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like they did that in A New Hope, right? Where where Boba Fett just walks by and every oh my god, look at it's Boba Fett. They don't need to do that again, especially not with Boba Fett. Just have him strut by. Like now you have two movies that do that. Ah, no, thank you. Yeah, like for me, growing up, like Bosk and Boba Fett were the coolest. Like Bosk was like, you know, had the flight suit and you know, kind of looked like he could have doubled for a character in Star Trek to fight Kirk. And like, um, but then I saw Attack of the Clones and it just ruined Boba Fett for me because that little kid sucked so hard. <laughs> it was terrible. Congratulations, like, oh, man, Daniel Boba Logan, Fett. on the birth of your child. By Sorry, the way. man. <laughs> oh, man, that kid was terrible. It's like, oh, Boba Fett's a douche. <laughs> In the Anyways. Clone Wars? 
Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Like, yeah. Oh, that little. Oh, anyways. Yep. So Bosk is my favorite bounty hunter, and um, so if yep. I had to choose one that I want to see, it's going to be Bosk. Uh, but I'm not sure we will. I'm not sure we will see. I, I hope it's not like, 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 like you just said, Kyle. Like I hope it's not. Oh, look at me! I'm walking to the bar in the back of the shot that has nothing to do with me. Like if you, yeah, Let's take it, away attention from the scene. Like Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, don't I do don't, that. If you're going to put a, one of those infamous six bounty hunters in the movie, give them a role. Make them do something. Yeah. And I don't know why people like Dengar so much. It's like, he looks like, he looks like a, a, a side character in a mob movie who like got his head smashed against the hood of a car. And now in the next scene, he has like that white bandage around his head. Like he's in, he's in ugh. the aftermath novels, which are set just after Return of the Jedi, and he's an absolute bumbling moron. Oh, I, I just and he looks like one. He looks he like, looks he like looks... one. But it's so sad that he's as summoned as one of the top bounty hunters of the galaxy. What really saddens me about that is, who knows? You know, uh, I haven't read the the aftermath novels yet, but uh, is he still old? Is is he like? have toilet paper all over his head like is a diaper head dengar because the poor guy it's like come on you are a bounty hunter like you should be scoring huge on bounties you should be living it up like okay granted these guys live a little scummy and whatever but you know i think you might be able to afford some back to if you're actually that reputable maybe yeah maybe i think that whole bandage is soaked in back to hmm it's just like the, never it's it's a when, continual wound it's just a non-healing wound he has a flesh-eating disease like when you look at him doesn't it look like one of these guys who's wearing like a slightly deflated uh sumo suit you know the sumo bouncy thingies <laughs> yes it's i don't know but there's nothing cool about that character it's like stop talking about dengar oh and, and i'm still waiting for a reason to care about forlom and zuckus as well like who are these two guys? Or one's a droid, and the other is this little cretin. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not enamored with those two guys. Seriously, IG88. Like, what the hell? You just kick his leg. It's like, yeah. Well, he's, he's a little bit tougher in that he can just transfer from one body to another once he dies. He just uploads himself to another body. But yeah, yeah. yeah I guess. Well, he he slots in behind Bosk on the power rankings of that list. Like, give me a K2SO over that guy any day. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Leet's going to bleat. L337's going to trash that guy as well. IG88. All right. So um, I think Jeff also... Asked, oh, you know what? I, I mean, I'll i just throw this out there. I, I still want to see Cad Bane brought to life. I, I Selfishly. Remember that old theory I had about uh, Cad Bane being sort of like an adversary? For for uh, Han Solo in these movies, and I thought it was Kenobi, no, and Kenobi. Like he, Cad Bane would be the bounty hunter. Like he'd be the character that would carry through all of these movies: the Boba Fett, the Han Solo, and the Kenobi movie. If they ever did all three, Cad Bane would be a, a player in all of them. But it's looking unlikely, at least for the Solo movies. Maybe he'll pop up in in the Kenobi movie, which I would still be very happy about. I think he would translate really well. You know, as a costume with CG enhancements to the big screen. Yeah, big time. Um, 
also, Jeff, Jeff asks us that sort of that, that gang of guys on the beach. Like we, we see Han sort of unsnapping his holster in that very Western looking shot. Who, who do we, what do we make of those guys? Are, are the, is that a group of bounty hunters or what? Like, what do you think they are? I think they're the guys that he has to steal from. They're just a crew that's like transporting whatever. And he has to steal whatever uh, cargo he's, you know. Yeah, I see it more like, I don't know, like I see it more like a, a point in the movie where he can't, like these guys are like a tribe. I, I'm not going to say bounty hunter whatsoever. Like, they're almost like a, they give me like a real Mad Max vibe. Like, I don't even know if they've ever been off planet. Yeah, these guys strike me as more savage and tribe-like. Yeah. Scavengers, ravagers, kind of like. Uh, that's that's the vibe I'm getting. Um, I don't necessarily know what they're going up against there, but I could see them either trying to steal whatever he's stolen already solo that is or you know preventing him from getting it somewhere even being hired as mercenaries like maybe they're, they're they're literal gatekeepers like han has to go steal something but he has to get past those guys and nobody gets past those guys yeah exactly something like that yeah but i, I think they're a tribe of some warring tribe i don't know but there you go metal mando there's our thoughts for this week on your questions. Thanks, man. Hope to hear from Love you Love the soon. memory lane. <laughs> all right. Wrapping it all up. It's it's Mr. Canto cast himself. It's our friend Jeffrey. Let's take a listen to what Jeffrey's got to say. Hey, guys. It's Jeff from the Canto cast. Back with my question for this week. Us Star Wars fans, you know, we love to debate on, on who really is the chosen one. But, you know, I was also thinking, I would love to hear you guys debate over who the chosen one is from the Seinfeld universe. You know, and sorry, Corey, but I got to leave out, you cannot include Jerry, because in my mind, he's the obvious answer, right? But, you know, I look forward to hearing you guys debate over this question, and Corey... As always, I look forward to your loopholes. Have a great week, guys. Talk to you next week. All right, Corey, you get to get more of your chosen one freak on here. You, you want to pluck a chosen one out of the Seinfeld universe? Uh, that's that's kind of... Hmm. He really left us in a bit of a predicament. And, uh, you know, I agree with him. You can't really put Seinfeld himself out there because he is even Steven. <laughs> Like he is that balanced. Like he, he's the one. You know, always even Steven, baby. But I kind of took it in a bit of a different route. I got two for you here. I'm gonna say one. Not necessarily because the show tells us, but you know, if you can use your imagination, we'll go with crazy Joe Devola. Whoa. Yeah, just because he's, you know, he's like a clown. At one point, he was a decent human being. Like, he seems to have a lot of people, uh, a lot of friends, you know, like, that aren't exactly all that much, like, weird or whatever. But then he, he turns weird. <laughs> he, he he gets turned to the dark side. So maybe he comes back at a point because at that point, that's the way I took it is that it's the light and the dark and the balance, right? So we know that at one point he was light. 
he turned to the dark. Maybe he comes back. <laughs> That's my loophole. And I got another loophole answer as well in Lloyd Braun. Like we know the yeah, Lloyd Braun was just strong with the force, strong with the force, and he just lost it. So he's had the dark, uh, the light. He tasted the dark, and he found his balance. Hmm. Carlos, can you top Lloyd Braun or or Crazy Joe Davola? When I look at uh, when I when I get this question, I I'm thinking okay, um. The chosen one, like, does it have to follow the same path as as Anakin? Um, and I knew that Corey was going to try to like mimic or rhyme a little bit um, for the Seinfeld universe, but I went in a different, on a different light, and I said, "Who, the chosen one? Who has led a blessed life? Who does?" <laughs> <laughs> who was like hey i don't or have to me. work <laughs> uh it's kramer kramer is the chosen one because no matter what he does jerry always says you live the life that i dream about living it's like he does it. he's carefree he just falls ass backwards oh, yeah. in the money there's no stress you know what it is carlos he's a manifestation or an instrument of the cosmic force why are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> you just you just trampled over my uh, over my you just stole my thunder, man. Sorry, bro. No, I just think that if if there's one person that you know, you if you want to be one person in that show, I want to be Kramer. Doesn't have to work. He works for fun. He has the weirdest friends. He gets into all these shenanigans. Uh, I mean, he, and he's he fails, always, fails he's always smiling. Oh, yeah, always, always. He's blessed. Absolutely. He lives the life that I dream. Absolutely. That's the thing, too, is that I think part of that is that he's totally not aware of that in a sense. Is that he just rides the wave and he's totally, again, not, not aware. So I think that plays into what you're saying carlos and choosing him is that he's like a puppet of the force like he just rides the wave well to honor the occasion i'm gonna i'm gonna drop down a call back here i'm gonna bring it all full circle so to honor this this great occasion my chosen one from the seinfeld universe is going to be eric the clown eric the clown is that from uh uh the, the george um the fire thingy? Yeah. Eric the Clown, <laughs> played by... I don't know. Corey? Oof. Jeff's yelling at his screen right now. Kigo, yelling at your screen right now. Corey, come on! No, it's it's almost 1 a.m. Eric the Clown, played by John Favreau. Really? Oh, yes! You're right! Wow, that's actually... I didn't know that. Oh, what a pull, man. So I have no, nice. there's obviously no in, in universe reason for that to be, for him to be the chosen one, but this is a Tumbling Saber podcast and John Favreau has been selected to lead a new era of Star Wars storytelling. And uh, that's, that's what I'm going with. So there yeah, you go. It feels like you put a, it feels like you put like a nice bow tie on this, on that's, this episode. This is what comedians do, you know, talking about science, circle, comedians, baby. you just, you call it back to the beginning of the, of the, of the set. 
And then you just say, thank you. Good night. You've been great. <laughs> and that's what we're going to do right now. We're, we are done. CantoCast, Jeff, thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, well, actually, you know what? We had two more questions. Carlos, you had one, one into us earlier this week about Rebels, as did Gundark 2000. Uh, but so rather than answer those here, you know, a lot of people listening have not yet seen the Rebels finale or even close to it. So what we'll do with those questions is we'll spin those out into an episode of Bridger Transmissions that we'll get out to you uh, in the next couple of weeks. Because this week, guys, we're back. The three of us are back with the Sith Disturbers. I can't wait for that. And if you want to hear that podcast along with all the other stuff we do for the Powerful Friends, which includes prize draws and exclusive podcasts and special contests and more, you can sign up for just a couple dollars per month at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. And we would love to welcome you into our little community as we get a little bit closer to our goal. So go do that. Go check that out. We would be forever in your debt. And uh, if you've got some some spots empty on your podcast playlist, go check out the ever-growing Star Wars Commonwealth. We have a great new website that, uh, that, that needs some eyeballs. So go check out the website, StarWarsCommonwealth.com, or look us up on iTunes, and you can connect with every show. I think we're nine deep now, and there's a lot of great shows. Every one of them does something different, and uh, they all are very worthy of your time. So go check those guys out. Uh, we've also added the Less Than 12 Parsecs podcast and Tatooine Sons in the last month, so we're really happy about that. So guys, with all this now in the books, Carlos, where can people find you on Twitter? On Twitter, I'm at ccandidomusic, but go check out my website, cardoscandidomusic.com. There you go. Corey. Well, let me tell you, Kyle. Carlos, you too. Just in case you don't know. <laughs> but you can find me at <laughs> Chop Rules with a Z. There you have it, folks. I'm at Tumbling Saber on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also find James and his team at the Green Door Podcast. James wasn't here this week, but uh, we missed him as he as he is hard at work learning the ins and outs of podcasting his own thing. So go check out the Green Door Podcast and uh, get into the Silmarillion, one of Tolkien's great works. So that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, drop us a review on iTunes and we'll read it on the podcast as we did earlier in the show. And uh, thank you for everybody for sending in questions. Double Barrel Jeff, Katie, Kigo, Bradley, and Ads, as always. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for for everything you do for this show. But uh, have yourselves a great week, everybody, and we'll talk to you later.
watching you walking away from me. Were you watching me? Was it just?